Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFTs. NFTs are floating in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is you have now joined Jenny from the Blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast with me, Jenny from the Blockchain, and my co-host, Michael Keane. Today, we are interviewing Sibal, who is a huge collector, trader, founder, and just, yeah, all around... A really great NFT person to interview, in my opinion, and her story is very interesting. So I'm very excited to bring her on the show. Sibal, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited as well. Yes. Yeah. So first of all, let's start with your NFT journey. How did you first get into NFTs? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, so in 2021, uh, I was still going to university and at the same time I was working as a digital marketer in a company. So last year I heard the concept of NFTs from the news and from the internet. However, after doing some research, I did not do well on it because I didn't understand exactly what I could do with NFTs. Um, so after the huge sale of people, the $69 million ones, everyone was talking about NFTs. So I started following people on Twitter. I began to like and comment on his posts. And by seeing me from these posts, someone DM'd me and suggested that I should buy an NFT from a project called Crypto Baby Punks. So these NFTs were selling for around 0.09 Ethereum or so. At that time, I was working for um, $350 a month. So it was a pretty high amount for me to invest. Uh, but this person insisted and I bought an NFT by telling myself that my life is going like shit anyway. So uh, however, uh, I was still not aware what an NFT is. Uh, I didn't know the details such as rarities and properties. So I wasn't aware of things like gas fees, um, listing something on OpenSea, checking other wallets, etc. Then I told I could sell it right after I bought it, but for sure that didn't happen. And um, after some days, I devoted myself to understand what NFTs are and learned a test scan, like studied things like gas fees, OpenSea, and other concepts. Back then, the crypto baby punks was dropping like 50 to 60 items per day, and the mint model was first come, first serve. So the rarest piece of the collection was the alien baby punk. And I spent a few days on my laptop following the drops. And on the day they were um, going to drop the alien baby punk, I examined the wallets of everyone who was waiting for this drop. Uh, I found their names uh, from Discord. And I really started to wait for this drop by transferring all of my savings to my own wallet. Then, as you can imagine, I was able to mint this alien by bidding the highest gas fee, let's say. And I was still very scared because, like, for real, it was all of my savings that I spent. And 
I probably wouldn't even be able to pay my rent for the next month. And I was totally young and dumb. At the same evening, uh, 888, uh, who was very interested in this collection, DM'd me. And he said, like, he wanted to buy the Alien Baby Punk from me. And I sold it to him for something like 5.888 Ethereum, something around 6 Ethereum. And of course, I was in shock. And because I earned my salary of about three years in a single transaction, like, yeah, it was funny. And basically, this transaction has created a good capital for my further investments. And then I started jumping into discords of like many other projects and got my hands full with NFTs. And I remember the day like board apes came out and I bought two of them. Like likewise, I spent a lot of time on Ghost's projects Discord and sold an NFT I won from their giveaway for about 10 Ethereum. And after that, I won one of the 140 NFTs that Twitter dropped and sold it for around 20 Ethereum. And all of these happened with within six months, I guess. And of course, uh, it was not easy to go to uh, a university, work somewhere and like chase NFTs at the same time. I was spending like nine to 10 hours on many Discord channels. I even remember like a few times I was in a meeting pretending my internet was down and uh, chasing an NFT drop instead. Uh, so keep it between us. But yeah, that, that, that was the case. And long story short, like after all these, I graduated from my university and I quit my job. So I'm now full-time in NFTs uh, since last August. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So much there. I did want to just kind of because you briefly mentioned this, but this was huge at the time. I remember when Twitter, I don't know if our listeners remember this or if they were on Twitter long enough to remember this, but Twitter came out with their own NFT drop. Like they didn't, it wasn't like a whole collection, but they had like several NFTs that uh-huh. they, um, they gave away. Like you, you couldn't buy them, right? Like they gave them away to people yes. on Twitter. Yes, exactly. They gave away all of these like 140 NFTs from their Twitter. 140. And that's because you can only (laughs) type out 140 characters in a tweet. Yeah. And at the time, um, yeah, this was in 2021. At the time, there was a lot of hype around this and everyone was super excited. And these were going for a lot of money. And and Uh like Sibal had said, she sold hers for 24 ETH, which wasn't even the highest sale. Like they ended up going up to like, there was a, there was some really yeah. high sales with those. Yeah, 50 Ethereum, 69 Ethereum or so. Uh, but yeah, I sold mine around 20 Ethereum as far as I remember. But yeah. Uh-huh. So then what did you do with that Ethereum? When like you I hold it, it uh, for my like further investments. But I was so happy at that time because it was something really huge for me. Because I was still working for $350 per month. So it's something crazy for me. That's wild. Yeah, completely life-changing. And I know you consider yourself a very lucky person. I am. Yeah, because you say you win a lot of giveaways. Um, Yes, that's that's correct. Like before NFTs, uh, I was doing that contest thing for six years or so. I won a lot of giveaways and I have traveled to... 39 countries and six continents by just winning giveaways. Like I paid nothing. And yeah, 
that's that is I'm so wild like what like how do you how like how does that happen <laughs> Yeah, I won my first ever contest, let's say, uh, about seven years ago. It was uh, from one of the biggest banks in Turkey. And they asked from their Twitter, like, uh, tweet something, tweet the most creative thing uh, and tell us why do you want to go to Los Angeles uh, with someone famous from the Turkey. So I tweeted about like, I tweeted 300 times in total. And they chose me and I asked their managers, like, why did you choose me? And they said, because we, we saw that you really want this shit. <laughs> and yeah, we, we chose you. So after that, I started to chase like different contests. I went to Grammys. Uh, like, I don't know. I went to San Francisco with like, it was a trip, like a Transformers team trip for me and lots of different stuff. And yeah, um, six continents in total. and. I really want to visit Antarctica one day and I'm still waiting for a, a contest for that because I want to be the person who have traveled seven uh, seven continents by winning contests so I'm not um, like buying a vacation uh, but yeah I'm waiting for a contest and I'm lucky <laughs> you're right well you're not just lucky but you make your own luck like you know you do these contests where it's like okay, here's the requirements. And then you just go above and beyond, like mm -hmm. writing 300 tweets, you know, to really try and win, like definitely put mm -hmm. in the work and, you know, you're out here creating your own luck, um, exactly. which is why you're so lucky, right? Like, exactly. but mm -hmm. geez, that's so crazy. And yeah, I know you had such a wild story of, of like the start of your NFT journey that I was like, oh, we definitely got to bring her on uh, to share this. <laughs> Thank you. But um, I'll let Michael ask a question now because I feel like people are going to think he's not even in this podcast. I'm episode. here. I'm here listening. No, we're all good. <laughs> okay, here I, it is. Yeah. No, that's cool. I uh, I didn't realize you you were into the uh, crypto baby punks and had a rare one. That's funny. Uh, our buddy VGF was uh, one of the community mm -hmm. managers back when I was friends with him on Clubhouse. You know, this was back in whatever it was, May of 2021 he got us all yeah. buying and it went up to like an ETH floor for a while if you remember like it really popped yes off. i remember mm -hmm. yes yeah, so you you minted it and you minted one of the rarest ones is that what you said uh yes that's pretty cool and then 888 <laughs> bought it from you i love that <laughs> so that's nice. yeah that's so cool how like you were able to get a couple of those real big hits and nfts like that must have been amazing you must have like it's, I mean, it happened, you know, it happened to a lot of us. Like it, it was, it was amazing for me as well, but going from, like you said, making $350 a month to hitting, you know, 30, 30 grand or 40 grand, whatever it was on an, an NFT. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Congratulations. Yeah, that, for, that was life changing yeah, for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, you made it, you're the one that made it happen. Like Jennifer said, like it's, you know, like anybody could have been doing it. People say, Oh, like you got lucky with NFTs, but no, it's not really, you know, it's part luck being in the right place at the right time, but it's part putting yourself there and doing the right things. And uh, I actually came across your account when you started setting up for that, for the culture drop. And I thought that was really unique because you guys you. paid, you guys paid people point. Yeah. Minute, right. Yeah. Has anybody else done that? Or are you the only one as far as you know? I think no, but I'm not really sure, but we yeah. should be the first ones. Yeah. Yeah. You were the, that was, that was pretty cool. So I, and I did the math. That was about seventy ETH, right? Yes, we invested yeah. seventy in total. Yeah. yeah, cool. 
And uh, I don't know. Do you have anything you want to say about that? I mean, so the project, like it popped off. It it got huge for the first while. And then as I look Mm -hmm. at it, I see obviously the price went down, but you guys, you know, you did it for the memes, for the culture, what you promised. That's Mm -hmm. something we, we talk about a lot here. Do you have any insight to provide? Like, have you gotten any backlash? Are you really happy how it went down? What's your kind of take on that part of it? Yeah, sure. Uh, so it was really crazy for me. Uh, but before that, like before for the culture, I haven't mentioned it, but I'm also a part of a project called Fluffy Polar Bears. So uh, if I can quickly talk about it as well, I would be so happy. Yeah, whatever um, you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I think we should. Yeah, because after you, first of all, you know, you started collecting and flipping and trading and like doing really well as a collector. I guess this is a good transition. Like what made you decide to then go and be a founder of a project? And then what did you go on to end up doing? I live in Turkey right now and we launched an FD collection with one of the Turkey's most famous cartoonists uh, called Selçuk Erdem. And our project was Fluffy Polar Bears. Um like 10,000 um, cute polar bears as NFTs. And the project was sold out in three seconds. Um, so it's been about a year since the project came out. Uh, with this project, we donated $150,000 to a fund related to global warming. And at the same time, we sent six of our holders to an Arctic Island trip with our artist, Sarchuk. Mm. And FTX sponsored us for this event as well. And it was really enjoyable for us and we organized the biggest in real life event in Turkey with fluffy polar bears and more than 300 people attended and it was incredibly fun as well so um besides all of these fun things by the way uh we had major problems during the mint of fluffy polar bears due to certain mistakes made by one of our technical team members and he then abandoned the project so we started working with another technical team instead still like it was a really stressful process for me. Apart from the Polar Bears project, uh, as you know, I shared a post after seeing a tweet of Archit uh, about two months ago and said that I want to make a project that will pay back 0.01 Ethereum to each minter. So the tweet instantly went viral. And while I was trying to make a joke, I suddenly put thousands of people in anticipation. <laughs> and after that, like I immediately created a Discord account and took two partners with me and started a freemium project within a week. So we paid 0.01 Ethereum to the minters uh, in the same transaction of their minting. So it was an instant process and it was a really original one, as you said, and in my opinion. So a lot of founders and projects DM'd me to get like the spots from the Forticulture project. And I really had the busiest one week of my life because we launched within one week exactly after that tweet. Um, so we have invested 70 Ethereum, as we said, and we earned something around 100 and. Ethereum, I guess, from secondary sales as our royalty is 10%. But unfortunately, because I implemented the project so quickly, like I had no clues, I had to pay a lot of money to people at every step. And then I was left alone by my co-founders as they were not interested in the project anymore. Like if you're not doing a lot of money, we are not in. So uh, for a project that even pays you back for a free mint, Uh, reaching a 0.5 Ethereum floor price and achieving 2.5K volume was quite a success for me, especially when you're in such a beer market. 
so we currently have a community team of 10 people and they're helping me with technical parts and community parts and social media parts. So I continue to add value to the project as much as, much as I can. And also, I didn't make any money from this project, to be honest. And I even publicly shared the financial statements and transactions with the community to be super clear with them. And since, since the community knows this, uh, they support me unconditionally and we run the project together. So I'm really happy that I did this. But yeah. <laughs> and that was recently too. That, that this was like in the last month. Yeah, I think that was early June, actually. Oh, early right? June. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's about been two and a half months, months ago. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Feels like longer than that, doesn't it? Yeah, Feels- exactly. <laughs> That's funny. I feel like it was just yesterday. I remember seeing the tweet about it. Time flies. Yeah. You, you made yeah. a really good point there about uh, being transparent with your community and, uh-huh. you know, and then, then supporting you because you were honest with them. Definitely people should, you know, mm-hmm. take heed to that. Exactly. Like I said, and I showed that I earned nothing from this project because when an investor and someone outside our community comes in and saw the two and a half K um, Ethereum volume, they asked me like, you earned probably 250 Ethereum out of this project. And they don't know about other founders. They don't know about the uh, spendings I made. Uh, they don't know about the 70 Ethereum we paid to mentors. So they're just asking, you need to have 250 Ethereum right now in your wallet. So they, they're they starting to ask more questions. And at the end of the day, it's really hard for me to explain it one by one to each member that are joining us. So I decided to make a thread and um, Twitter and post it, uh, all transactions and all wallets and the all details I have. Uh, so that I showed my community that, and other people that I earned nothing out of this uh, project. Like, it's my bad. <laughs> I made bad decisions. But yeah, at the end of the day, that's the truth. So so I'm so happy that people are supporting me right now. Um, my community is supporting me. They're trying to achieve like better things with me and with For the Culture Project. So yeah, I'm glad that worked out for us. What are some of the things you've learned from being a founder versus a collector? Mm-hmm. So I can say that like I have learned countless things, but let me talk about the most crucial ones. So I took on the old marketing and discord structuring and community management of fluffy polar bears. So I was doing project management for them and like marketing for them at the same time. So on the technical side, someone we know in real life coded our smart contract. So in order to avoid any problems, uh, we had this contract audited by another team that we trust a lot before the mint. So we warned, uh, they, they warned us um, about four par- parts and we warned our smart contract developer as well. And like the technical team had to correct these parts. But however, like he forgot to make these corrections. And of course, we realized this when we were attacked by bots during the mint and sold out in three seconds, because like we were not expecting such such a thing, like sold sold out in three seconds. And it was a really stressful moment for me. And the whole team was in the same place, and we were having mixed feelings of anger and sadness without even being happy to be sold out. Like there was about $3 million in the contract at that time. 
And that wasn't really making us happy at all because we were so attached to the project that this mistake affected us psychologically, like negatively. And I suddenly found myself dealing with messages that contain like crazy thought. And I was trying to calm people down, even though there was nothing I did wrong. Uh, like we are a team, you know. So uh, it was really hard to cope with this situation. And here I learned that like after having something audited, the new or audited contract should also be audited. So as a lesson, I no longer do business by trusting anyone or like at least I'm very skeptical when I'm doing business. And I also took like similar lessons from the For the Culture project. So I definitely don't think I will be involved in a new project again in the future. So I chose the wrong partners and for the culture project, suffered a lot. And because of my wrong choices, uh, like, yeah, it was crazy. Also, like by turning something that started as a joke into a project, maybe was not a good move at all, but I tried my best. So when launching a project is never easy, especially if you're someone who feels the responsibility of the mistakes of other team members but yeah I learned many things and what's important is taking lessons out of the mistakes at the end of today how do you pick like who to work with as far as developers and and Mm -hmm. co-founders and you know just people on the team like how do you find those people that you want to work with all right so for Fluffy Polar Bears project I was in real life friends with one of my co-founders uh Alem Shah, and we were three co-founders in Fluffy Polar Bears team. Alem Shah, me, and Salchuk, uh, the artist. So in real life, like I was talking with Alem Shah, and he said, like, let's do that. And then we talked with Salchuk, and we created this project. So mostly when I'm working, for example, right now we have about 10, 10 team members in Fluffy Polar Bears projects that are working with me as like community managers. Uh, I don't know, like Discord uh, moderators, etc. So I really know them because it has been more than one year for us and I'm talking with them daily. So I know them and I know that they're good people. Um, so when I'm choosing people to work with, I'm trying to find people that I really know in real life. But at the same time, uh, for Fluffy Polar Bears, uh, we were knowing the one uh who was working with us in the smart contract part, but simply, I'm sorry to say that, but he fucked up and he left. So it's really hard to choose people to work with, specifically when you need to trust someone that you don't know in real life, because like, you know, you're talking them by using Twitter DMs. Like, yeah, it's really hard to find people, but I'm trying my best. I'm trying to know the people before I work with them. But like we make mistakes, we are we are doing them. We are humans, so yeah. Yeah, everyone makes mistakes, you know. Which kind of brings me to my next question, which is what uh, someone in the community recommended we start asking our guests, which is why do you think NFT projects fail, and what does it mean for a project to fail? All right, it's a tough question, <laughs> but it's a good one. So I think like there are various reasons for this. The Best and the shortest answer would be like it's human effect because like NFTs are managed by people and because of that we need to consider like emotions, psychological effects, and many different effects of 
these people on these projects. So I think that this is a deep topic and maybe we can talk about it for one or two hours. Like even a tweet by a founder can sometimes put the project in a dead end. And also knowing like why NFT projects fail is not enough to have a successful NFT project because like I know a lot of things that may lead an NFT project uh, to fail. Uh, but at the same time, it's really hard to have a successful NFT project. And like besides all of these, we need to define what a successful project means. If it's their floor price, like you can never know. And they can come and dump a lot of NFTs after a breakup with his girlfriend, let's say. And if you can create enough demand at the end of the day, the floor will continue to drop. So as I said, I think the best answer is like human movements and psychology, and it's really hard to understand. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What are some of your personal favorite NFTs to collect? And I think you had bought a CryptoPunk at one point, right? And do you still have that? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a good question as well. <laughs> You'll catch it. So uh, that like I didn't buy that CryptoPunk, but there was a guy who were renting these CryptoPunks, and at that time I wasn't have like a lot of followers or like let's say I didn't know many people, and I talked with that guy, and he said like I can rent my own CryptoPunk because he was holding something like sixty punks or so. And he said, like, I can rent it to you. You can use it as your profile picture and you can do the marketing of this punk. But at the end of the day, uh, it will stay at my own wallet. But there was a system that he created. Like, he is offering this crypto punk to me for, like, I don't know the amount, but for a very huge amount of Ethereum. So, uh, like, in the blockchain, you can see uh, he's offering me this punk. Uh, but at the end of the day, I can't buy it because it's like a lot of Ethereum. Uh, I don't remember. So yes, it was a rented punk for me. I used it as my profile picture a lot. I really like that punk. And yeah, for for the other question, um, my favorite NFTs to collect, uh, I will give give it a short answer as well. Like I, I love NFTs like. Pick Salmon's cat Kevin. Like, I mean, the ones that make me smile. Um, really quick, I just want to say that's so crazy that you rented the punk. I didn't even know that. And also mm -hmm. that makes me wonder how many people have like like their PFP they're rocking, like if it's like a rented NFT. I never really thought mm -hmm. about that. I mean, yeah, I thought about the concept. Like, oh, that'd be a good idea. But then it's yeah. like, you know, people are actually doing that right now or if it's, it's even the there there's probably yeah i'm sorry there's probably some people out there yeah. that have pfps that aren't even theirs i'm sure there's oh definitely i mean all the scammers exactly. definitely right right, right. <laughs> even more than that even probably some people that aren't scammers they just yeah they're you know, just rocking it rocking yeah. it. i don't know you never know it, it was an experiment for that guy and he was building that platform and he reached out to me and asked like if you want to be a part of it and like I will rent it to you and you can use it and it has been something like one and a half years I guess uh, it was at the start of my uh, NFT career let's say and I said okay like let's do that because I was not able to buy a punk at that time I was still working for a very uh, small amount in my country so I told like it's a good opportunity for me 
to be seen by other people by using this profile picture and you know the owner is okay with that and it's his experiment so it was fun for me to be a part of this experiment i made a good friend out of it uh, the owner of that punk i'm still talking with him daily so yeah it was very different than cool yeah that's that is well that's awesome mm-hmm. very cool michael maybe you share and tell your uh your board ape no well how much actually actually how much let's, wait a let's minute talk. yeah everybody what, what what I mean? Where, yeah, yeah. Where gonna... now it's people not, are using cheap, the... but... yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> but like people are using a lot of different profile pictures even if they're like these nfts are not theirs um so now i think it shouldn't work well as it wouldn't work before. as well right, right. yeah so did it was it transferred to your wallet like temporarily or is it just like okay you have permission to change your profile picture to this? Uh no, it, it wasn't transferred to my wallet at all, but in their like in CryptoPunk's website, uh you were able to see that the owner of the CryptoPunk uh, offered this punk to me for a certain amount, but but as I said, it's like you can't buy it for that amount because it's like a lot of Ethereum, like nine, 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 like a lot of Ethereum. So uh, it was not possible to buy, but it was showing that like this person, the owner is offering this punk to someone else. So that was the renting process kind of in the front end only. But yeah. Interesting. That is very interesting. What? So you started out with, you know, not that much money, as you had said, and you mm-hmm. kind of like, you're one of those people that is like went all in and it worked out you know it doesn't always work out like that for people but um Mm -hmm. for you it did what advice would you give to people that you know maybe they don't have a lot of money starting out and i know times are kind of different now so it is a bit of a different game um Mm -hmm. but what advice would you give to people looking to get into web3 and and nfts and start trading nfts and they don't really have much um capital to start with so yeah as you said, like when I started, I had a very small budget. And also at that time, there was no whitelist concept like we have now. And I was winning NFTs or having a chance to buy them by spending time on Discord and following their giveaways. So now it's very difficult to get whitelists from the projects that are very popular, or let's say hyped. So it really takes a long time and effort to follow, follow up these projects as well, because there are like a lot of people in, in these discords. So especially to, like, to stay with less risk, let's say, I recommend my friends to chase whitelist spots from the hyped projects. And besides it's, very important to understand the NFT concept. Like I think it doesn't make sense to buy an NFT without um, having basic information, such as like what the community is, how the teams are examined, uh, what is the NFT itself, or what is guest fees, uh, is rarity important, etc. So investments that are made after doing a little research seem healthier to me. And of course, taking part in Web3 is not just buying NFT and flipping it. There are many different job opportunities as well, like community management, marketing, like smart contract development and countless other jobs. So the important point is to do some research on this topic and like gambling without knowing 
what it is just doesn't doesn't make sense to me like I'm lucky but yeah <laughs> that doesn't work like that so I think there are so many opportunities and you have to search and find them at the end of the day 100% do you have anything in that you're eyeing right now or like in the future that you're like oh this might, this is some alpha right here like for example the youths you know maybe yes um, I was about to say the same the, yeah yeah applying for the white list for that, mm-hmm. which I finally did. By did the way, did you apply for it? Yeah, so did I. I, did. I. So did I didn't I. get approved uh, yet. Not hopefully, yet. yet. Right. Um, Same for me. I'm crying here. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't approve me yet, and I, I have applied about two weeks ago or so. And all of my friends in their feed, I'm seeing them. Like they won't. They they accepted, and I'm not. Oh, <laughs> so I'm snap. so sad. Yeah, I'm waiting for that. I think it's a really like brand new concept. And probably it will work so well in an NFT space because like we are having this vibe, this meta right now, which doesn't make sense to me anymore. It's really hard to get whitelists from like really hyped projects. And like it takes a lot of work for people. They're spending 24 hours a day. They're like getting tattoos of these projects, etc. So I saw that yeah. racing on that panda <laughs> one. Yeah, that's so and honestly, the social proof that they're doing as well right now with the youths where it's like, okay, they're tweeting out and they're tagging everybody who gets approved with the whitelist. Normally for projects, you don't know who gets whitelisted, you know, unless they go out of their way and say, um, but the, but the fact that they're showing like this, like transparency on who's on the whitelist and this whole social proof, because it's on Twitter where everyone, you know, is, is on in NFT, in the NFT space is genius. Like, you know, and and then it makes you like, you're like, Oh, my friends keep getting it you can see everybody who gets the whitelist and then it, it just makes you want it even more because, you know, all <laughs> yeah. these other people, you know, are, are getting it into the whitelist. And really it's just, oh, here's permission to buy the NFT, right? It's just being granted permission. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, it, it's very, very uh, genius concept. Maybe we should get Frank on sometime. Yeah. Before this all blows up, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that would be anyway. a good idea to get Frank on. If he once he approves us, of course, I mean, he doesn't <laughs> I mean approve you know, us. contingent yeah, on, Frank, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Frank, come on, uh, actually, let's get him, let's get him on now and ask for the approval. Or as a compensation, you can ask it like if right, they don't right. approve you, you can ask like you didn't approve us, so you need to come uh, to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll record the episode and then we'll be like, oh, by the way, Frank, um, if you don't approve us, we're not putting this out. Yeah, if you want this to air, <laughs> threaten <laughs> them, yeah, wow. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. We, we like would not do that. Okay. <laughs> so, Sibal, uh, I'm looking through your Twitter and I see th- there's the, the spreadsheet that's been out there. That's the projects that have done 10K in volume mm-hmm. and where their floor price is and how, how okay, bad yeah. the uh, bear market is. Did you actually create that spreadsheet? Is that what it looks like here? I have created that spreadsheet, but I got the idea from Loopy Five's tweet and he got it from someone else, I guess. Uh, like okay. Yeah. Another tweet. So the original idea was not mine, but I created the Oh, wow. That's, right that's funny. We've talked about that a couple of times on this podcast um, mm-hmm. with the, in the last couple of episodes because it is so interesting and it really shows you how, how far down uh, everything has has gone yeah. 75%, 85%, 95%. Like, Frigetic, yes. Like, it's unbelievable. And it's across the board. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's almost none that have that have held up 
Um, that's pretty wild. I didn't realize that you created that. Yeah, I spent like one hour or so to create that spreadsheet yeah. to show people because like from my community, people are coming in asking like, our floor price is dropping. Like, what can we do? And I'm saying like, we're in a bloody beer market right now. So we are yeah. trying our best. We're doing our best. But like, you know, these are the situation of all projects. So to show that, I created that spreadsheet and yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, that that really stuck out to me. I'm glad you created that. Um Thank literally you. we we've talked about it the last couple episodes because uh-huh. it's, it's it's so jarring uh to see. Yeah. They're all sure. dropping like 90% of or right. more. And there's so. none that you left off cuz they stayed even or went up, right? Like all this is all the ones that did 10k. I think so, but I passed some of them. Because like I was not able to found their all-time high prices. And okay. some of the all-time high, high price information are wrong as well in that uh, spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. But I tried my best. Uh, but yeah, probably almost all of them, let's say. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I have one more question. Um, sure. And then I'll see if Michael has any final questions and we'll wrap this up. But um, I'm just wondering... Because I had seen that you were like, you know, thinking about taking a break from NFT, the NFT space and everything. It can be just a lot going on. And I'm wondering if there's any future plans uh, in Web3 that you have that you can share with us. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a good question. So, yeah, I'm I'm tweeting about quitting NFTs every time and I'm, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so I'm so consistent, you can say. So for the future plans um like to tell the truth i don't 24 years old and i graduated last year i want to go on a world tour when i can uh when i can make sure um, that the two projects i'm involved in are performing well as i said like i have traveled many countries so traveling is one of my hobbies and one of my life goals is to travel more and go on a let's say seven or eight months worth tour. And <clears throat> other than that, like I have no dreams of being involved in a new NFT project, let's say. Just as an example, like um, two weeks ago, I shared a Calendly link for our holders and made 30 minutes on my meetings with them. I held about 96 meetings, I guess, in total. And it was all very enjoyable. And I was able to answer many people's questions and chat like a friend with them. And I would like to continue to have such talks and conversations again with my holders in the future and like spending time on it because what I do is good for me and I'm getting very positive feedback from the participants. So um, now like I'm not in the mood to flip NFTs or launch a new project but I'm in a mindset in which I think about what extra value I can add to the holders of our project. Like I'm, I'm thinking about it all the time. And also I'm trying to have fun by like shit posting on Twitter from time to time, as you can see. I love women like this at the moment. And I don't know what will happen next. Like time will show. But I definitely know that I will be in this space for many more years, I guess. That's so my wild. answer was like, I don't have a plan and that's the plan, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're so young. That's so crazy that you're 24. Uh, okay. I lied. I do have, I have a follow-up question to that because 
Uh, what is one of your favorite places that you've you've traveled to? You said you've been to 39 different countries. Mm-hmm. So I really like Japan. I've been in Tokyo. It was such a crazy experience for me because it was one of the first Asian trips of mine. So it was really eye-opening for me. And besides that, I can say Dominican Republic was so good. And three weeks ago, I was in Hawaii. I won that prize from Swatch, the uh, watch brand, as you know. Mm. And it, it was a crazy trip as well. Uh, like it, it was a really long flight from Turkey to Hawaii. It took mm. me about 20 hours, but it was so nice. I really liked the Hawaii, like the places in Hawaii. So yeah, I think these three places I can tell. Nice. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been it's been really awesome talking with you and, and hearing your story. Um, Michael, do you have any last minute things to say? Yeah, well, I'll ask one up. more quick question. So like you talk about, and I'm kind of the same way. I'm, I know that I want to be in the NFT space. I think Jennifer is the same way. Web3, what's the future mm-hmm. going to look like? We don't know. Uh, what do you think the next like big impetus for nfts will be that that kind of brings more people in the next kind of onboarding wave mm-hmm. what do you think that might look like okay i really have no idea <laughs> but <laughs> like when i quickly think about it i don't know like from, for example last week i talked with a company they're doing this ticketing thing for nfts and they said like uh, they made some contracts with a lot of famous singers for their concert t- tickets. So it it can be a thing for NFTs like ticketing and for concerts and for I don't know flight tickets etc. Uh, so I'm really bullish on that part, but I really don't have another idea about like what will be the next thing. But we will see. Like time will show. Mm-hmm. What company was that with tickets? Do you know? It wasn't DSO, was it? I don't remember their name. Though. Okay, that's <laughs> all good. All good. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm always interested in tickets. I used to be a ticket broker here in the States. All right. Yeah. So I'm always interested to keep up on that, that side of it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, with yeah. that said, thank you, Siebel. Um, or thank Siebel. you as well. That wrong. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was awesome having you on the show and just hearing about your whole NFT journey and everything that you've done. I hope that everybody listening to this enjoyed the episode. Um, Siebel, any any last words? Thank you so much for having me once again. It was so much fun for me. Um, yes, thank you. Sweet. All right. With that said, catch y'all in the next episode. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace.